It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 342 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Tales from the Herodric Library. It is January 14, 2021, and this is Jen, and I've got a bunch of stuff to talk to you about today. Some of it has to do with gaming in general, and the rest is all Diablo this time around, so I'm going to get started right now, and we'll see where this goes. There's an article on GameSpot.com, which I don't tend to think of GameSpot as like, this is the main video game thing I should be always looking at, but they do come up with some interesting stuff once in a while. So this article is titled Xbox Boss Phil Spencer Calls for Cross-Platform Ban Program. And then the blurb underneath says, If that can't happen, Spencer says he hopes to see a system that lets you bring a, quote, banned user list, end quote, to a new network. This was written by Eddie Makush, if I'm pronouncing that right, on January 11th. So this is the article, Xbox, Phil Spe- Xbox Boss Phil Spencer, that is hard to say Xbox Boss together <laughs> right there, try it, it's difficult, has revealed that Microsoft would like to help get rid of bad actors in the online gaming landscape by creating a multi-network program whereby bans that apply to Xbox, for example, might also carry over to networks from other companies. Speaking to the New York Times, apparently this is where it came from, uh, Spencer announced that this would be a hard one to achieve, but it's something he hopes to see someday. Something I would love us to be able to do, this is a hard one as an industry, is when somebody gets banned in one of our networks, is there a way for us to ban them across other networks, he said. Alternatively, Spencer said he would embrace a system that allowed players to bring their, quote, banned user list to them on another platform, quote, and I'd love to be able to bring them to other networks where I play. So this is the group of people that I choose not to play with because I don't want to have to recreate that in every platform that I play video games on, he said. Also in the interview, Spencer spoke about how Microsoft uses AI on Xbox to, quote, monitor the sentiment of a conversation to detect, quote, when a conversation is getting to a destructive point. There is also a report a user button in the Xbox UI to report bad behavior. Activision's Call of Duty games have a multi-platform ban strategy. Players found to be cheating or taking part in other bad behavior have their Activision account banned across platforms, even those they've never played on. As Spencer alluded to, a system-level cross-platform ban system would seemingly require the owners of the different networks to work together, which might make things difficult. However, there was a time when cross-play between Xbox and PlayStation seemed unlikely, but now it's relatively common as rival companies opt to work more closely with one another. So I think that's really interesting on a number of levels. First of all, Nobody likes to be harassed in video games, no matter who you are, no matter what your background, age, gender, whatever. Nobody wants to be harassed by people in video games. It just makes it no fun for the person being harassed, right? And so we don't need that in video gaming. Now, if you've got somebody that says something stupid once, eh, okay, they're having a bad day, whatever. But if this is something that's repeatedly happening, it needs to stop. It really needs to stop. You have to remember that in addition to adults, there are children playing Xbox games and other games on different platforms. And 
you don't want this to happen to kids and you don't want kids to learn that this is the you know this horrible behavior is the way to behave when you're playing video games. You don't want them to learn that. So there's a lot of good reasons why it would be appropriate for someone to, you know, create a ban list of people that have bothered them and this is especially true of groups that get picked on as soon as you hear their voice. Like uh, a lot of women uh, as soon as they hear, you know, you're, you're playing a game with a bunch of dudes and it's not your friend group, it's just a pickup group. And as soon as they hear your voice, they start picking on you. You know, that's not okay. It's not okay to uh, be horrible to someone who is uh, trans, a trans woman or a trans man and whose voice some jerk feels doesn't match the description that they think of when they think of woman or when they what they think of when they think of man. And, you know, this has to stop. And it's not just trans people, it's LGBTQ people as well. It's people who are, are black or a person of color that are getting harassed across systems. So this this system that uh, Phil Spencer wants to initiate could take a lot of hate out of gaming. And I think we need that. We've got enough of problems in this world. You should be able to escape into a video game without being harassed, you know? So that's my opinion on it, and I think other people will think so too. And I love the idea of, like, what he was saying, you know, if I've decided this is a group of people who I do not want to play with, I don't want to have to recreate it on every platform I go to. And that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, if you get harassed on, say, Xbox, and you have blocked that person, but they've got mean friends who are now harassing you, and you're tired of having to deal with it there, maybe you go to PlayStation or maybe you go to the company website of whatever game you were playing and and play it through there. You don't want to have to look to see if those people are on this one and make a new ban list because that's if you have to start your gaming experience by trying to protect yourself from things that the companies weren't really protecting you from, it's not fun. So I I think Phil Spencer's got a good idea with this. There's an article on Inverse written by Hayes Madsen, and I'm not sure exactly what day it came out, but it was recently. It's titled, Activision Employees Speak Out on the Company's Radio Silence Amid Strike. Activision silence is something we expected, but we're nevertheless disappointed to see, said one anonymous employee to Inverse. And it's talking about uh, the strikes with um, the, the Raven strike that's recently going on, and that there's been previous other strikes. Yeah. So, and this was, that's the strike that happened December 7th. The, there's talk about the Q&A team. I've talked a lot about this, so I'm not going to really dig deeply into this particular article, but it looks like it's a good one. There's a pull quote. It says, ABK is not looking to change its toxic ways and improve the company culture anytime soon. I'm not really sure where that came from, but it's in there. And it seems to be, you know, true. They've done a lot of things to try to not help people that need their help, that they should be treating better. That's true. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff in there. If you missed out on previous episodes, this will give you some idea of what's going on now. And then there's Riot Games. And there's an article from Wired. Riot Games is investigating a top esports team founder over bullying allegations. This is Andy Reginald Din, the founder and CEO of TSM, has been accused of verbal abuse and bullying by employees and esport pros. There's a lot of details in this I'm not going to read off because it's, I mean, this is a bully and I'm not going to highlight him, you know. But um, yeah, League of Legends, I think is, is it League of Legends that he plays? I think so. Apparently he's really mean to the people on his team. 
in ways that make them cry. And I think they're all dudes, so you can't say, well, maybe they're girls. I mean, I think that kind, that level of harassment from someone who is in charge of you or is a boss-type person can wear you down. And that's the gist of the article, but you can read more if you want to hear more about that. In addition, we've got a tweet from Capcom Fighters, and they wrote this and stuck it on Twitter. Uh, there's another person that uh, does some sort of eSports that has a problem and uh capcom fighters wrote this little note and it's it's a screenshot of text with their their logo for their pro tour it says it has come to our attention that robson robin ho oliviera made claims in a public forum wherein he described participating in reprehensible and atrocious acts we have zero tolerance for these types of acts and behavior which at a minimum level violate the player code of conduct potentially Brazilian laws, and deserve action. Therefore, Robson Robinho Oliveira is hereby permanently banned from all Capcom-owned and or operated events, including Capcom Cup, Capcom Pro Tour, and Street Fighter League. This is a global ban, meaning it applies to tournaments and events in all locations throughout the world. While this is just one consequence, we hope that the local authorities quickly investigate and address this matter to the fullest extent of the law. And it is my understanding that he spoke on possibly Twitch or some other streaming service about something incredibly horrible he did to an ex-girlfriend. So it's, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to not have that guy representing your team. And then there's Google. Google has uh, some uh, push for a union going on. This is from Ars Technica from the 11th and of January. It's titled Google hired union busting consultants to convince employees quote unions suck and NLRB judge orders Google to shed light on its secret anti-union project. You know, do you remember if you're old as like I'm I'm in my late 40s and I remember when Google's catchphrase was don't be evil or something like that, you know, very close to that. And they've just dropped that completely and decided, no, let's be evil at every possible chance, you know? And this is this type of thing that happens as a result. So I'm going to read you a tiny bit of this. For years, Google has attempted to kill employee-led... Or <laughs> Let me try that again. For years, Google has attempted to kill employee-led unionization efforts under an initiative codenamed Project Vivian... In the words of one senior manager, Project Vivian existed, quote, to engage employees more positively and convince them that unions suck, end quote. Project Vivian appears to be Google's response to a surge in worker activism that began in 2018 when thousands of employees walked out in protest of the company's response to sexual harassment complaints. There's a there's a commonality here in all these uh, of the company's. Uh, yeah. Uh, months later. Employees began pushing for improved working conditions for Google contractors and to end and an end to contracts with U.S. government agencies involved in deportations and family separations. Two employees who helped to organize the 2018 walkout later left the company, saying they were facing retaliation. Ultimately, five employees were fired and two were disciplined. They filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board, alleging that Google interfered with their law-protected rights to organize at the workplace. The NLRB agreed and filed a complaint against Google in December 2020. Google refused to settle, and the matter went to NLRB. RB's administrative court. Revelations about Project Vivian were made public in a ruling released last week by an NLRB administrative law judge. In the scathing order, the judge, Paul Bogas, or Bogus, there's an A, so maybe it's Bogas, uh, told Google to turn over hundreds of internal documents related to its anti union efforts, his second such order. Uh, Bogas has previously ordered Google to hand over documents for review by a special master in camera, a process that 
that allows another judge to look through them for confidential or sensitive information before they're made public. Many of the documents involve Google's work with IRI Consultants, a union-busting firm that the tech giant hired in late 2019. Google has so far refused to produce the documents, claiming that they are protected by attorney-client privilege or work product privilege. And in short, the lawyer's not having it and is pushing for more. And there's more to this article if you want to check it out. But it's always fascinating to me that as soon as you harm your employees to a certain level where people just are not having it anymore, uh, the first thing they do, a lot of big companies, whether they're gaming or not, the first thing they do is spend a bunch of money hiring union busters. Not spending that money to work on things that will make things better for the employees that are probably going to leave your company very soon if you don't do something better. And they're definitely going to push for a union because it's clear that these big companies are not protecting people in the way they should. And that's terrible. No one should have to face horrible experiences at their workplace in ways that are technically illegal. So yeah, there's that. I hope the uh, the Google workers uh, get exactly what they need and then we have code cwa and that one has tweeted out on january 11th every single industry exploits including game development this is why hashtag unions are so vital and why organizing your workplace is important in the meantime don't be complicit support raven plus abk workers respect the strike so moving on and the thing i titled the show with there appears to be a book called Diablo Tales from the Herodric Library. It is a hardcover book. It is purportedly on, well, it's on Amazon. I found it on Amazon, Twitter, and Barnes & Noble. Now, I used to work for Barnes & Noble, so I have some idea of what this might mean and what it probably doesn't mean, but I'll, I'll just describe as I go. So it's a hardcover book. There is a picture of it. There is the Diablo lettering on it. It says Tales from the Herodric Library. There's a there's a picture on the front that seems to resemble the style of art you would see if you had like Book of Tyrael or Book of Cain. That sort of um, where it's like a tan or older looking background with like a sketch drawing. Not really a sketch, but like a drawing that looks like someone just drew it right into the book. You know, that sort of thing. It looks like that. It's got um, some little... things on the corner that I'm sure are probably decorative. I don't know if they're like raised or not, or just a picture of it that, you know, kind of look like they're metal or something like that. And it's supposedly going to release on October 18, 2022. It's $25.95. And there is one new because it's a pre-order. You can pre-order this right now for $29.95. And that price seems to be consistent throughout the three sites that sell books that I went and looked at right before I started recording this show. But here's the thing. The, this title will be released on date. Don't believe them ever because it's never true. If it's more than like a month ahead, it's, it's not going to be true because this is something they just put in, in the hopes of pre-orders and you may or may not ever get the book. If you don't get the book, then you get your money back with the pre-order, generally speaking. But that seems odd. And it's in, you know, like I said, I found it on three different sources you can get books from. Haven't heard anything about this from Blizzard Entertainment at all whatsoever. I looked for their latest news. There's nothing about it. You know, they have a page that's uh, Blizzard News and you can sort through whatever game or, you know, whatever Blizzard wide thing and read whatever you want on those if you're looking for something. And it does not show up at all. I've not seen any community manager mention this in the slightest. I've not seen any author on Twitter, and I follow or at least pay attention to a lot of different authors. 
haven't seen any of them pop up saying, hey, I helped make this book. You know, maybe they're under an NDA or something, but seems odd. Seems kind of odd, right? And it's, you know, it's got a description that seems to match in all the other places because that's how this works. But it's kind of weird to just kind of have this pop up out of nowhere. I'm looking at the one in English. I saw one in Spanish. I had to translate a couple of words to figure that out, but they're pretty much the same. And I... I have no idea what to think of this. I Well, I think it's sketchy. I think it's sketchy because there's nothing here indicating that Blizzard Entertainment is in fact the author. And why on earth would Blizzard, who's been releasing other books for like World of Warcraft recently, why would they just sneak this onto Amazon and not mention anything about it at all when it's coming out several months from now? Seems weird. Seems really, really weird. If you look at the Target site, it's the same picture and it's the same price. It's the same date that it's going to release. And there's details in here about this. It's got the same synopsis as you would expect. It says it's a hardcover. It says the publisher is Blizzard Entertainment and the author is Blizzard Entertainment. And it's got, you know, all the other stuff you'd see in there. The the interesting thing, the at the top of the specifications in Target, the suggested age is 22 years and up. Yeah, 22 years and up. So if you're if you're old enough to drink in the United States, you have to be 21. And you would be ineligible for buying this book because you are not 22, apparently. I don't know that they're going to hold to that, but that seems weird. Why would the specification suggest 22? 22? I mean, I could see you'd say like 18 and up or something like that, because that's technically an adult in the United States, at least. And other countries, I really have no idea. But... Um, 22 years and up. That is really strange. Now, Amazon doesn't generally have like a date, you know, like you must be this old before you can buy this thing, but for books anyway, but um, that's a little weird. That's a little weird. There's a Q&A section. Let's see what's in there. Um, you can ask a question. Has anyone asked a question? Oh, you have to sign in. So no, we're not going to do that right now. Barnes & Noble has it. Same story. Book looks the same. Uh, there's a corner on all of these books at the bottom that says for solicitation only. So I don't know what this is this to stop people from grabbing the picture and sticking it in a blog post and saying, look what we're getting in October. You know, I mean, I don't know. You can pre-order this one for the same amount of money as the rest. Uh, publica- publication date is the rest. It's got 208 pages and it's $29.95. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what this is exactly and as i said never believe shipping dates that are more than like a month or so away because they'll change there's a lot of companies like when i used to work at barnes and noble people would come up and be like well it says it's supposed to be out you know three months from now and and they'd insist on getting a pre-order for it and we'd try to explain to them that this is a suggested date for pre-orders they're never you know certain so maybe wait a bit before you put your money into this and try to get it back later, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I don't trust it. I don't trust it because I just can't, it does not make sense to me that Blizzard Entertainment that's been, you know, pushing out so much content lately with, you know, Diablo 2 Resurrected and the Diablo Immortal betas and stuff like that. And, you know, this sort of thing, um, they just fairly recently launched season 25. And, you know, that's, and it's January, so we get the Darkening of Tristram. There's all this content coming out, but no mention of the book, Tales from the Herodric Library? I don't know. I wouldn't put my money on this yet. Not at all. So moving from a 
potential book maybe made by Blizzard that might come out someday in October. Um, Wowhead is hiring freelance Diablo writers. So if you're someone who likes to write about Diablo, here's a little bit about what they're looking for. They're looking for writers to join their Diablo content team, including covering Diablo 2 Resurrected, Diablo Immortal, and eventually Diablo 4. We cover a wide range of content, says uh, Wowhead, including class and build guides, gear choices and rune words, walkthroughs, news, and community updates. Occasionally, you may be responsible for a wide variety of future phase updates, such as patches, ladder seasons, and special events. This is paid part-time freelance work. Here's what they want for an ideal candidate. You have to be 18 years or older. That is required. Enjoy the Diablo franchise and have experience in at least one release with interest in playing future releases. That's probably most of you listening to the show. Uh, be familiar with guide slash technical writing. That's that can be learned. Um, be actively involved with the Diablo online community and aware of current news and topics and enjoy explaining the games to other players through writing. Hmm, I may have to look into this. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But it's... They're, this is plural. They want Diablo writers. So, not just one. And there's some information on the page about how to contact Wowhead if you'd like to uh, try to get one of those uh, paid part-time freelance work-type jobs. On January 13, Diablo retweeted a tweet from IGN talking about a specific weird thing with a picture and the the thing it says uh, a perpetually burning sinkhole called the gates of hell is here to ruin your day and there's a photo of it this thing is real it was a sinkhole and from i skimmed an article about it and it is my understanding that you know there's a lot of burning coming out of it it does look like hell is coming right up to you and i've from one of the articles I read, somebody thought if they poured fuel on it, it would burn itself out. But no, it's been going for a very long time and is actually a tourist area for people to come to whatever country that's in, which I can't recall off the top of my head here. So the Diablo account retweeted that and wrote, finally, some good news. <laughs> I just think it's kind of sarcastic and funny. There's another tweet from the Diablo account from January 11, and it's they're starting to highlight things with the 25 years of Diablo, like logo i guess on there and they're highlighting in this particular tweet the uh horde of 90 savages barbarian set i like the set i'm a little kind of could you pick a word other than savages i don't know it feels kind of um but the reason they posted this is it says every item in Diablo 3's barbarian set, Horde of 90 Savages, has flavor text that refers to a different popular 90s TV show. Now, I have this set in, um, not in the seasonal, current season, but, you know, off season. And I never noticed that. So I'm probably going to go back through there and see if I can figure out what all the shows are. And I didn't want to list them out on this show because then it's no fun for you to go look it up so that's neat that's kind of neat you know <laughs> to have a popular 90s tv show and see what it is so that could be that could be fun to to go after if you don't have the set might be something to try so you can check this out and then there's a tweet from the diablo account referencing season 25 in diablo 3 and it's got this glorious like um portrait that you can get if you complete everything and the dark lordling pet which looks like a little mini diablo and the diablo account says whatever you do don't call the dark lordling pet cute 
which I didn't think of as cute until you said it, but okay. There's also been a, a PTR patch for Diablo 2 Resurrected, and that was fairly recently. There, I think this was talked about at some point, um, but I'm going to read you some of this stuff. On January 13, Pez Radar community manager wrote, Hi all, this is an update on this PTR. We've seen the comments about how gear may not match exact builds. The team is basing these off of just gear from some setups that aren't specific to this meta and more from a QA environment. As this PTR isn't fully focused on testing any balance, we aren't going to make widespread changes to the existing gear right now. But you can expect all the needed gear to be available in the 2.4 PTR, which will arrive soon. And after this instance of PTR, we can ensure we get proper feedback on the balance changes. As for specs, we are going to roll out an update, which will have a mule character available with tokens that will allow you to respec your characters on PTR. That character will be rolled out this afternoon, that's the 13th, and the tokens can be passed along in the shared stash. And then he writes, thanks. And then um, later, looks like that same day, the above character changes have been implemented to access some of the changes to characters we have adjusted. Please delete the Boazon character and the martial arts character from your character list. Log out and log back in. You'll be given a new Boazon named Is This the Newest? And with some fixes to the items and a new character named Tokens, which will provide you tokens for respec. So that's what's going on there. I'm assuming this might still be going on. They tend to do patch type things and PTR type things for at least more than a couple days. So if you're into that, that's what you got to do. West March Workshop put out a an episode on a couple days ago, like two days ago from recording this, and it's about the episode, it's episode 223, and it's a, let's see what the title of this one is, uh, question, a PTR for Diablo 2, so I'm sure Nineball's got a lot to say about that, and you can check out what he had to say on Twitch, um, it's also, it's through the BlizzPro account, so you can find West March Workshop there, because they're part of BlizzPro and see what he had to say about it. And lastly, we have a video here from Big Daddy Den, and this is a Diablo 3 video. It is on YouTube, and it's called uh, Witch Doctor Carnival Greater Greater Rift Solo Push Build 2.7.2 Diablo 3 Season 25. So if you're playing a Witch Doctor, or you just want to try one, this might give you some ideas about what to do. And that's really all I have for this episode. I'm not sure how long I've been talking, but it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of cool stuff. I'm still going to be very skeptical of the Herodric Library book until I see something from Blizzard that says, yep, that's ours. Other than that, I'm like, I don't know. It seemed like, mm, I don't know what publisher they're going through. Oh, I should look at that. I could probably find the publisher. That might lead to some more interesting things here. Who's the publisher? Oh, it's Blizzard Entertainment. All right. And I can click on that. In in Amazon, it's got the Book of Cain below it. And it says Blizzard Entertainment Cain on there. But this Herodric Library just says Blizzard Entertainment. There's a StarCraft War Chest thing. There's a World of Warcraft Chronicle 3. There's a puzzle. So there are some things in here. Um... Warcraft Chronicle 2, a bunch of other things like this. And they all say Blizzard Entertainment, with some exceptions where they're actually adding in the name of whoever wrote or worked on that thing. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I 
I think I'd recommend waiting on that one for a bit before you put your money on it. Because if, you know, I mean, one of two things is going on here. One, this is not Blizzard Entertainment, but somebody entered it that way. I mean, I'd say the publisher, but it sounds like the publisher is Blizzard Entertainment as well. And if this was the case, why aren't they talking about it? And that's what I'm going to leave you with today as I close out the show. You have been listening to episode 342 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone and Diablo 3 for sure, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone stone website thank you for listening